everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. It's me, Noor, and the interrupter, Arthi. <laughs> Arthi's back. I was like, am I Lisa? Because I'm... <laughs> I interrupt you all the time. I even interrupted you. you. Yeah, but I would never tell you. You are impolite. (laughs) By by the way, you have actually told me that I interrupted. You haven't used the word impolite, but that's the implication. Yeah, I'm being impolite. Yeah, I've told you when Mm -hmm. you, but I would never do that if we were. Listen, Mm -hmm. listen to me. If you, (laughs) if you said that I fucked half of New York. Mm-hmm. And then you would you... be ecstatic. You would be like, "Okay, which half? <laughs> Do I have an STD?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Which boroughs? Are we talking which about Manhattan? Boroughs? What are we talking about? Please, who not Staten you, Island." Who told you about Ibiza, bitch? That's what <laughs> <laughs> my God. We're not even talking about Salt Lake City today. Okay, we're talking okay. about Married to Medicine. No, and but Potomac. before we yeah. do that, mm-hmm. I have to say. I just listened to the 201 episode. Uh-huh. I have, I'm like, okay, what are they going to do about, what is this about? And I figured out that it is something like a cross between Howard Stern and Mike and Mike on Sports <laughs> Center. <laughs> you keep bringing out inappropriate things to tell your brother. Uh-huh. And he keeps trying to focus on sports. That sounds about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a little bit of it made made me very uncomfortable. It was like watching maybe um, House of Dragon kind of. I think <laughs> maybe you guys recapping House of Dragon has sort of bled into it because there was a little bit of like crossing over the line. Of like being inappropriate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I know you think it's fine, but <laughs> it was just like, what? <laughs> Are you saying that you don't, we shouldn't do it anymore? Is that what you're trying to do? No, I think okay. I, I was I, like, I'm not sure what this criticism is, but no, it it's sounds not, not see, nice. You don't have to take it as a criticism. First of all, it is just an observation. <laughs> but if, if there are any listeners who are into that kind of thing, <laughs> Where Noor just basically says inappropriate things to her brother. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. I love it. Listen. I loved it. I, I was laughing my ass off. I was like. Okay, good. I'm glad. I mean, listen, I only added this new series to the podcast because people asked for it. People apparently want me to talk more to my brother. <laughs> so I said, okay, here you go. It's basically you telling him off. Yes. It's basically him me saying, yelling at him. saying misogynistic things to you. Him saying misogynistic things to me and then me telling him he's canceled. Yep. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, but also, if you uh, want to hear us recap the latest episode of House of the Dragon, you can head over to the Patreon. And me and my brother talked about it. The title mm-hmm. of that episode is You Slurpers because <laughs> You Surfers <laughs> makes us laugh. <laughs> Was Diana Jenkins in it? What? <laughs> Okay. Wait. Um. So we're gonna talk about Potomac, but I wanted to ask you. Um. Neither of us attended BravoCon, but did you yeah. get to see any of the BravoCon social media footage? I uh, got a uh, um, steady feed of text messages, texts, and mm-hmm. videos from our friend Richie D. 
uh-huh. of kudus. Yes. I got, um, I saw a steady feed of um, stuff from our friend Reisani. Yes. And a whole bunch of other people from the Krappens, uh, you know, fan world. Um, a lot of people that we know went. Yes. And uh, they kept telling us. Some of the feedback was, oh my God, this is a shit show the first day. Yeah. And then I think it got, it improved. I think they fixed stuff. So it yeah. didn't end up like the Fry Festival. Yes, that's right. So the fire uh, festival. Kudos to Bravo for fixing the situation. <laughs> yes. I heard rumors that um, uh, Jensha crashed um, a party and Jensha said, no, I was invited and I get paid to do that. And then um, I also heard rumors that Ramona shit her pants, which I don't know if it was true or not, but I didn't see any footage of Rom- Ramona. Did you? I did. I saw some footage of Ramona. No, I didn't uh, see any of was, Ramona, except yeah. for hearing that she pooped her pants. Yeah, there's a. They were doing these like light boxes of like these. It looked like little music videos. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so there was one of Ramona, and it looked like a. It looked like nightmare. She was fuel. pooping. It. <laughs> she could have been. I feel like, was she's like like stuck a, in the elevator. Look. I think she's a she's a discreet pooper in the sense that she poops, and you would never know that she's pooping. Oh my god, that's the worst. Yeah, I, that's I why I grab the nose so I can avoid the person. Yeah, which is why she's just like going around shitting everywhere all the time. Um, on the topic of Jensha, that was confirmed, by the way. So she crashed the party. She just like I think she came with Heather Gay. Mm-hmm. She was in ha- Tamara's in Tamara's hotel room where another party crasher was Teddy Mellencamp, not invited to be on any panel. Not invited they as a friend. They are plus of. ones. They they came as plus ones, and that's why they, they just say came. That they were. Yeah, I think Teddy came with Tamara, mm-hmm. and um, which is you know hilarious. She did not come with Kyle. <laughs> she came with Tamara, mm-hmm. and she and Jen Shaw were partying in Tamara's room, mm-hmm. and. Andy did like an Ask Andy segment at the end of BravoCon and they asked him and he said, no, we actually ended ties with Jen Shaw after she pled guilty mm-hmm. and that is why she was not invited to be there. They did Salt Lake City panels and it was just the four girls. It right. was just Meredith, uh, Lisa, Heather, and Whitney. Yeah. Jen wasn't up there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Bravo Mary done. Was Mary Cosby in town? That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to know. Mary Cosby's Where was in space. Mary Cosby was still in her closet. No, she's she's out in outer space. She's she contacted Elon Musk or whatever and was like, <laughs> "I'd like to be, I'd like to be there." Mm. Um, I did not really. It was okay. I'll be honest with you. I think it was too much content for me to like catch up yeah. on. You know me. I'm a completionist. Like right. I need to see everything. And so yeah. I didn't. I mean, Richie was coming home at two, three a.m. every night, every day for the past three days, and I was like. That's too much. I can, I fall asleep at nine thirty. I don't Are know you- how I could have gone three days, four days, with all of that stimulation. I would be crashing. I would need another vacation for like a week to get over uh, that. Yeah, I took a okay. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and this morning, I had to wake up super early. Mm-hmm. So I was up at 6 a.m., which I'm not used to. I wake up usually around 7.30. But just an hour and a half of waking up earlier mm-hmm. for four days in a row. Um, this afternoon, I took a two-hour nap. I know. Because 
I don't. I just. I was like, okay, I need to nap. And you know what, Arthi? I've already brushed my teeth. I'm already in my pajamas. Right after I finish this recording, I'm gonna go right back to sleep. Me too. I because that's how exhausted I get. Next two minutes. Yeah. I almost wanted to, wanted to record earlier because I was like, I don't know if I can make it till nine o'clock. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know how these people are just like, Uh, were there, was there Coke in the bags? Is that what people were getting? I don't know. In the air? Did they they pump it in the (laughs) filtration system, air filtration system? I don't know. But I did watch one or I did listen to one thing. So on Twitter, they do these spaces now. It's basically like Clubhouse, except it's Mm -hmm. for Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so they did one, and I guess somebody did a spaces for the Potomac panel mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. So I did get to listen to that. And listening to that and then watching this episode, I just fucking love these women so goddamn much. <laughs> They're the best. They make Because it so no matter fun. what, they all just keep saying, this is a sisterhood. We love each other. We care about each other. Like even Candace is like, everybody knows that me and Giselle are not in the best terms right now. But you guys saw that like because they did like a a, a music show, I guess, mm-hmm. where everybody got to go up on stage and sing. So you mm-hmm. had like Sheena and Melissa Gorga and oh, okay. everybody, Luann, yeah. everyone, yeah. right? Okay. So Candace went up there and she sang Drive Back. And when mm-hmm. she was drinking, singing Drive Back, all the Potomac ladies were cheering her on in the back. Like they were all dancing for her. When Ashley Darby squashed the beef with Vicky Gunvalson, nobody was cheering on harder for her than like Candace. You know, like, and that's what Candace said at the panel. She was like, no one supports each other harder than we all support each other in this group. Even if we're fighting with each other, it's a sisterhood. But do they all support Mia? I, f- I have a feeling that they don't support me and Wendy Osefa as much. So Robin said something along the lines of, for the most part, she said, like, you know, our show is edited to be more of a comedy. Yeah. Like, our show is edited to be funny. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about this cast is most of us, not all of us, but most of us are happy to make fun of themselves. Mm. Yeah. And I think we know Wendy's not yeah. really one of those yeah. people. Yeah. So. Yeah. But – um, I mean, but it looked like they, they genuinely love each other. I mean, even with it. Mia, I feel like they're like a little bit on the outs with her, but I think yeah. they do appreciate her. Like they were all laughing when Wendy was making fun of herself about the Nicki Minaj thing, about the pull yeah. up in the Sri Lanka. Yeah. Like everybody was laughing. Everyone was having a great time. Yeah. So then when I watched this episode, yeah. I was like, they really do. They really are such – a good cast and they really are friends with each other even yeah. though like last week Giselle didn't even want to look at Wendy and now she's like dancing with her yeah yeah, yeah. she didn't want Wendy to touch her or say hi to her but she's like grinding there with her. <laughs> exactly. it does, it, here's the thing that in the other um, franchises when the women fight they cannot stand the sight of each other mm-hmm it's not like that here. They're like, I can coexist. You're just my coworker. I can coexist with you. I can film with you. I can do stuff with you. And I don't have to be affected by whatever I think of you. And it yeah. is just the most healthiest work environment 
possible, right? That's what you need in a work environment. You don't have to get along with everybody, but get your job, get, do your job and get it, do it well. That's all you need. Yeah, exactly. And I, and that was another thing that Candace kept saying. She kept saying, these are my coworkers. Mm-hmm. These are my coworkers. We're yeah. all coworkers. Yeah. So I do, and I think that some of it does have to do with the fact that like, I think the Potomac women and the, I like, especially when the Monique stuff happened, there was this like very annoying, you know, respectability politics right. angle. But I think because of that, because these women are so aware of mm-hmm. how Bravo treats women of color, mm-hmm. them, and I also noticed this year Atlanta. Yeah. Those women also, like, even at the reunion, as much as like Marlo and Kenya cannot stand each other, they're like, right. this is our job and we both need to show up at work. Right. 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 I think the women of color, like these, the cast with black women, Mm -hmm. I think that they navigate this television show and these platforms very differently than the white women. That is true. And we have heard the similar things from the family karma folks, right? Yes. They say the same thing. We're not New York. We are not treated like New York or any other group. We are just another show for them as filler show, right? And they sort of realize that that's where they are placed and they don't take themselves as seriously because of that. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like... They all have lives outside of this. Yeah, and I think also it's like they, they understand the stakes that are high for black people or brown people on TV. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like before you get to a chance to make fun of me or be racist against me, I'm going to poke fun at myself mm-hmm. and I'm not going to take myself that seriously. Yeah. Whereas like the Beverly Hills women, they take themselves so seriously Oh my god, that it's difficult to watch sometimes. Yeah, it's all about appearances and their reputation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this episode. We open back up at uh, Karen's Spring Fling Celebration of Life Taco Time event. (laughs) And we open up on this discussion between Mia and Giselle. Giselle with her cancer, no cancer thing with Mia. What did you think of this entire conversation of this group? I thought it was set up like it was going to blow up, but it sort Mm -hmm. of fizzled out, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Because um, who walked in? Was it Cherise who walked in mid sentence and just blew through? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the whole argument. But um, I am glad – I am – I want more – I want to see more of this Robin. The Robin yes. that calls them out right in their faces, right there. Yeah, Because you can see her eyes get bigger. This is the energy that she came in with. Like, I'm so glad Juan Dixon is not here to hear hear this right now. Yeah, that's the That's the Robin that we want to see because I think – she has this once in a blue moon burst of energy that comes through. But when it does, it's so good. Yeah. Well, Robin was like suffering with like probably COVID depression on top of, a you know, undiagnosed ADHD. Mm. She probably got on the right meds, number yeah. one. Number Ooh. two, I agree with you. That Robin that comes in, you know, it reminded me, it reminded me of when she went into like Ashley's kangaroo store mm-hmm. and waved her finger in Ashley's right. face. That is the Robin that's like clocking in. And another thing I love is when all the people involved are in the room mm-hmm. and everybody's listening to the same conversation. And nobody refutes what Robin says. They're like, yeah, we talked about it. <laughs> Not yes. 
one of them says no rob and you're lying that did not happen they're like yeah yeah so <laughs> candace candace's face is full your child got caught with their hands in the cookie jar <laughs> She's like, did, she had like, did I do that look on her face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so funny. Yeah. But I, another thing that was funny is when that Jacqueline woman walked in and Wendy was like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but who are you? <laughs> I was like, I almost thought that woman was going to turn around and say, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful either, but who are you? <laughs> Because they were having this. So first of all, Wendy got sidelined because Giselle didn't want to engage with her. And uh, Wendy is not very close to um, Karen to begin with. So she was by herself. And she's actually having a conversation with Eddie and giving him more pink stuff to wear. She's like, do you want to change out your tie? Do you want to wear this pink stuff? Do you want a pink beret? What do you want? But at the same time, she's standing with Ascala. She's like, yeah. To the side. She's like mm-hmm. friend off. And then she sees this fight happening and she's like, should we go? What's happening? What's happening? And then she comes over almost like she's a friend of. She is not yep. involved in the discussion. She's not involved in any of it. I suspect that this is going to bother Wendy a lot, that she's not in the midst of everything. She's not in the it crowd. She's separate. Yeah, I think that Wendy is experiencing what I want to say like Monique experienced after a couple of seasons, right? Where like, I I think it was like Monique's third season or something or second. Yeah, her third Mm -hmm. season is where she went off the handles and ripped Candace's hair out of her head, right? Right. And I think it was because Monique had lost the ability to make fun of herself anymore. Right, right. And I worry for Wendy if she doesn't, pick up on making more fun of herself and being right. sillier, right. this is going to get – like they're not going to want to hang out with you because that's just – that's not the crew. That's not yeah. the assignment, right, professor. Right. Yeah. This is not the the right group for Wendy. Um, and this is – it. they just are like – it's too much trouble, too much work to be on Wendy's good side. So they are like, okay – and Wendy doesn't have any friends. Do you realize that she's not close to any of the women? She has no friends here. She was like, she like, I think she's fine with Candace. She's and fine she's with Candace, but it's fine like, with Karen. Yeah. But it's not like they have close friendship or anything. Yeah. They, I mean, the Candace the old- and Karen are not calling up Wendy and telling her that Ashley is divorcing Michael. Yeah. They're not having true. that kind of conversation. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. The conversation kind of fizzles out when Sharice walks in with her new boobs in her pink Fendi outfit matching. She's like the she does she's like the boob front. She does like her boobs come through in the group. They're all standing in a circle and she just barges in with the boobs. Like ahead she of looks everybody. like her her new cuz she talked I think last week about how they're new boobs. Mm-hmm. Her boobs look like like I know friends who have gotten their breast augmentation and mm-hmm. when they initially get it, their boobs really are so big and in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like almost in her uh, choking her neck. They're like it's all all the way up here. Yes, it's a lot of breasts. Yeah. I mean, but she shows up uninvited. Karen mm-hmm. doesn't know who invited her. <laughs> but that's kind of how the the fight like fizzles out but then mia says this really weird thing mia's like i can't control someone's personality disorder and i was like oh mia we don't diagnose people like that yeah 
Um, But then she also says, it's okay to care. And she says, it's fine. God has made me the chosen one. What? (laughs) (laughs) The chosen one for what, Mia? For having, almost having a cancer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At this party, no one is having a better day than Ray Huger. Oh, my God. Katie Because his favorite person in the whole wide world walked in. Yeah. Kitty. She showed up. She's grabbing his butt. She's oh pulling God. a Michael Darby. She has a buzz cut. She's like, Kitty, you poor thing. Are you still in society? Like, why are you showing up in public places? Are you okay? What's I going mean, on? But I the last like- time we saw, she had a breakdown and she was not okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think people are going to be like, why didn't you put a wig on or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But like more power to Katie for wearing her hair however it is. That's and true. By the way, she showed up in like not she- glam. Yeah. She tickled Ray's butt, which was inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but she looked like she had the most fun and then she peaced out. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Katie. I do like Katie. I wish Katie would um, have would be stable enough to be part of the of the franchise, but I don't think she's stable enough. And yeah, I think it only all the fights and everything only make her more stressed out. So yeah, I'm glad for Katie to show up like this. I want Katie to show up like this every once in a while. Yeah. Like just show up, you know, get Ray Huger's blood pressure up, get, you know, Karen jealous. Karen kept trying to break them up, but Ray was so happy. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Ray move that his hips that fast ever, ever. Ever, not even at his own uh, whatever parties that Karen has thrown. No, never. Well, this is Ray's funeral. It's his celebration (laughs) of life. (laughs) Don't say that, Ray. (laughs) What do you think? What did you think about Karen's speech? I don't know what that was. (laughs) I was as confused. And she told Ray, pay special attention to the words. I'm going to give you a big speech. You better pay attention. And he said, okay. I want to ask Ray, what did you decipher from it? Because I don't know what she said. What was that? I have no idea. This was as bad as uh, drunk Dorinda. Honestly, it gave Quad a run for her money. That's true. It was a quad That's speech. True. I want I want a toast off. Like I want Dorinda, Quad, and Karen Huger to toast each other and see who goes for the longest. Like I think that at the next BravoCon they should have a panel that is a toast off. Mm-hmm. Who can stay up there and toast and Doreen. longer? Who cannot shut up? Who is the most long winded? Long winded, yeah. Is it Dorit? Yeah. Is it Quad? Is it Karen? Karen, Because yeah. Karen ends the speech with the Grand Dame is back. And I think she did that only because she knows that's going to end up in like a trailer somewhere. Yeah. But I just love that everybody's like, where did you go? <laughs> from Surrey County. She came back from Surrey <laughs> County, okay? She's back. She's back. Meaning, I think, I have a feeling, I'm thinking that maybe this was supposed to be the first scene for the for the season yeah and she was gonna say the grand dame is back because it's the first scene but they did the cherry blossoms (laughs) instead 
Shady I think the blossom his- scene was supposed to be after or something of that sort, but when they edited it, it didn't quite fit, so they put this second, and because they put the second, it didn't make any sense. I just think that she was only thinking about what's going to make the trailer, what's going to be a meme, but it is oh. so funny that the Shady Astro editors stuck it in the, <laughs> not even the beginning of episode two. It's like in the, smack dab in the middle of it. Sort of like towards the end of the first set of scenes in episode two. Like so random. Yeah. Also, uh, so Karen has this bizarre speech, but also this episode we learn more about what happened with her boobs, I guess. She got them removed this time, the breasts. Yeah. She, she went got- the opposite direction of Cherise. You know, I think it's so funny because right now that seems to be a trend across Bravo. Like, uh-huh. I think, uh, what's her name? Kyle just did that too, where mm-hmm. she got a breast reduction. Karen mm-hmm. got her implants removed. She didn't want all that boobs. And then mm-hmm. I just, it's so Cherise. It's mm-hmm. so Cherise to be like, <laughs> I'm going to do this thing that you do on Housewives. And they're like, Cherise, we moved on. We're not doing new boobs anymore. We're getting rid of our boobs. Sharice, we don't vajazzle anymore. We just do the tightening. <laughs> She's just like, guys, there's a place you can go to where you can throw axes. And they're like, we've moved on, Sharice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor Sharice. She's so... She's such a loser. She's just like such a loser. Oh my god, that's the best way to describe it. Like such a such dork, a out of dorky loser. <laughs> oh god, she goes up uh, to Karen and tells her that she wants to meet up with her, and she's so- and she's apologizing and she wants to make up. And Karen's like, "Sure." Her <laughs> response to her. That's because Cherise, because filming has started and now you want to make up with Karen. Karen knows what you're trying to do. You want to film with her. You want to have scenes with her. And Karen yeah. is not about that. She's not going to share her screen time with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even Giselle is sharing it only on her phone. Yes. Um, <laughs> wait, I have a real quick other thought about Karen's boobs. Later on, there's a scene where like she talks to Ray about her boobs, but it's so funny because Karen keeps using every single scene as a women's empowerment movement. Like she's she's at her she's at her doctor's office and she's like, Yeah, I like love my body, I think it's great. And she's like, you know, I would even encourage women in their 20s and 30s to not get their boobs done. And the doctor's looking at her like, bitch, this is how I make my money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then later on, she's like having the scene with Ray and Ray is like full on, you know, Ray's like the biggest misogynist. He's like, oh, I don't think anybody should be changing their body except for my wife when yeah. she's 25 years younger than me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can't with Ray. Mm. Um, Candace is at home chopping potatoes badly. Uh, she has a scene with her sister. Mm. It was fine. Yeah. I, I keep pre- forgetting about her yeah. sister. Every once in a while, she'll pop up. And she's no, she's no um, Lauren. She's no yeah, she's, Portia's sister, Lauren. She's not Portia's sister, but I, I like her very, sister. Um, she's very sensible. She has a sensible head on her shoulders, I feel. I don't know. She, she seems like a perfectly normal human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She seems like a much more normal person than, say, Dottie. Candace. <laughs> Candace's or Candace's mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 
Um, then Ashley has this mommy play date with her new friend, Deborah, and they basically talk about Ashley's separation, sort of. So I know someone who lives in the state of Virginia and is currently going through a separation and they had to physically move out of the space that they were living in, in order to be considered separated. So I don't understand how Michael and Ashley are separated right now if they're living in the same apartment and she's getting coochie cravings for him. True. I think they are not separated legally until after the uh, signing of the house and the buying of the house through the LLC. <laughs> I think once the LLC buys the house is when she's going to truly separate and that's when Michael is going to move out. Did you see who she was hooking up with at BravoCon? Our favorite person. <laughs> Mine and your boyfriend. Luke. Mine and yours. We both. We we share him. <laughs> and now Ashley. <laughs> now me, Ashley shares. Me, you, Ashley, and Luke are in a, uh, not a thruple. What do you call it? A quarsome. Forsome, morsome. Forsome, morsome. A forsome or a morsome. Yeah, we're like the sex therapist and married to medicine. <laughs> It's a foursome morsome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, st- I still remember what he smells like. He smells so good. He's amazing. Um, amazing. Good, yeah. good for you, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Do you uh, – so then we have the scene with the green-eyed bandits. They go to coffee, and I just love them together. They're like a real friendship. They do. Yeah. They are. They are. Because when they interact just with each other and there's not nobody else in the room, you can see that they are truly friends. Yeah. It, it's a different kind of vibe. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that, um, you know – Robin called her out. This is one thing that you just noticed. I didn't even notice that little part in last episode. You brought it up and you said, well, she said that Robin owns the house. Juan doesn't own it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Robin calls her out on that. I saw that Robin's like, Giselle, I have to talk to you. And she's like, Giselle's like, what did I do? And Robin's like, what do you think you did? (laughs) It's like how I talk to my kids. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why do you think mom is mad? <laughs> oh, yeah. Giselle knew what exactly what she was doing too. It wasn't a slip of the tongue, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so then this is when Giselle starts this stuff about Chris Bassett. So Robin shares with Giselle that after this spring fling taco party, uh, Candace went to the Grammys and Ashley and the, and the rest of the group went out. Ashley got a DM from Chris saying, you should have come to the W where Chris works. And uh, by the way, can we go there? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Thank you for letting us know where you are, Chris, because we will go there. <laughs> Can't wait to party with you at the W. Yeah. I would love to eat any food he makes. I feel like he knows what he's doing in the kitchen. I think he knows flavors. For yeah. A white guy. I think yeah. the, maybe it's the brown dick. I don't know. But he seems to know flavors. I hope he's not cooking with it. That's a violation. No. Um, uh, but the W is not is an awesome place to hang out. So we should go the rooftop. Great. I like need an escape from my kids right now. So maybe I'll just like take a train down to DC Ooh, and stay at come the W down. for yeah. a weekend. Our, the DC gals are going to meet for brunch and we're going to do stuff. So come down. Great. Yeah. Done. I'll come. Yeah. Okay, but Chris sends a DM saying, should have come to the W, and uh, Candace, I'm um, sorry, Robin is the only person, Robin, I'm telling you, Robin got her meds right, and she's like, is everybody on crazy pills? Yeah. She's like, this is not a big deal. Yeah. This is not a sliding into her DMs. I will say this, that- say anything in, uh, insidious or creepy. All he said is, you should have been at W. Because he's yeah, probably you, working late, looking through his Instagram, saw this and said, hey, you guys should have come here. If you're going to yeah. spend that money, spend on my, in my place. So I, I mean, some- is it is it weird that like, I, I think if he had sent this message, say, two seasons ago when Ashley and Candace were at just mm-hmm. going to murder each other, yeah. then I would say it would have been weird. But yeah. I think now, because things are like better with them, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And we've seen all of the cast party together after reunions yeah so i just think it's different it's different than yeah. other shows i don't where i think giselle is just reaching again just, yet another season of giselle having no storyline of her own so she's gonna do something of this long she's gonna just pick on somebody yeah giselle and ashley are both projecting their own shit because they yeah. were both married to pumpkin eaters <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And now they're like, and I get what Giselle is saying. Cause so when Giselle tells the story about what happened at the reunion, which by the way, this is the only fucking show where they actually say the reunion. reunion. Yeah. Everybody else is always it. like, last New time we York. were all together in LA. <laughs> when we were in New York. <laughs> <laughs> last time we were all together. Like, shut up. It's the reunion. Yeah. We know where um, you were. What do you think about the story that Giselle tells about Chris coming to her room and her feeling uncomfortable with him there? I think he might have been drunk and just going on and on and on about how he's frustrated or whatever, and she just didn't want to hang around there listening to him. She barely even remembers what he said. She only remembers that she didn't want him there. But and nothing else happened. I understand if she felt weird and kind of uncomfortable, but... That's okay, too. I mean, she can feel that, but she can also tell that to Chris directly, I think, and say, hey, Chris, I felt uncomfortable. Or the way she went about, but she's connecting it to him sending another email or text to Ashley and making it into a pattern. 
which there isn't a pattern here. That's the part that I think is offensive. Yeah, and also because this episode and last episode, when Chris comes around, Giselle is the first one to get up and greet him and talk to him. Mm -hmm. We've seen this countless times where Giselle is a fan of Chris Bassett. Mm -hmm. She's she a big has fan said that of Chris he, she loves his food. She always comes and asks him for different kinds. She's like, "Did you make? Did you make this for me? Did you make that for me?" Even remember when Ash, um, Candace had the dinner where Ashley, um, Candace tried to kill Ashley with a fork, butter knife. Butter knife. Yeah. Giselle and Robin spent about five minutes of that of that dinner before everybody showed up. They were there praising Chris and enjoying his food. And he had made food specifically for Giselle because he said, Giselle, you like this. So I made this for you. Yeah. And even during that butter knife fight, no one is loving the dinner with the show harder mm -hmm. than Giselle and Robin. Right. Yeah. This is just bullshit. It's interesting because it's like, I don't want to dismiss the fact that Giselle is saying, look, something happened and it made me uncomfortable, but you're absolutely right when you said that the problem is that she's trying to present it like Chris has a pattern of behavior that makes all mm -hmm. women uncomfortable. Right. And he's now making Ashley uncomfortable and all that. Yeah. Um, but I love Robin because Robin's like, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh. but also remember, Robin was okay with what Michael Darby said about Juan. She just doesn't take all of this seriously when they're drunk. She doesn't. <laughs> I mean, she was she okay with it? I think she just thought it was preposterous. Uh, yeah, I think she was... But she also I, didn't get offended by it. She thought it was funny and preposterous, but she... I don't think she got super offended or angry with Michael about it. She just thought this is part... She, this is part for the course for Michael. Yeah, but I think it's also different because it's like, I don't think that she thinks that, I think she knows that Juan would never like Yeah, it's not threatening it. to Juan. It's not threatening to Juan, but. Yeah, and Juan would never be like, sure, Michael, that's a good idea. Let me take you up on that offer. <laughs> um, the, way, the way he separated him and Chris at the fight, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mia, I do think, is, like, just barely on the show. Like, she's kind of just – she and Wendy are barely on the show right now. Mm -hmm. But when Mia has a scene with uh, her husband and the quote-unquote best sister friend, wife. Jacqueline. Yeah, sister the sister wife. wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, She also takes – so it's very funny because Mia's having the scene. She's talking about her businesses and her best friend and all this stuff. And it's just great because none of those things exist anymore. Yes. <laughs> They all disappeared. They all they, went poof. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. She's just mad at everyone. She's yeah. she's like, I was nice last year, but I'm not going to be nice this year. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Why don't you go film with them, Mia? How about that? Yeah. Mia is a dodo bird. She is. She is. Um, then uh, we have Ashley and Candace meeting up. And I'm so proud of this grown-up conversation with these two. I know. I know. It was like a normal girlfriend meeting. It was so good. They it was great. Along. They had Ashley brought it up and said, look, I, I, this happened and I just want you to know. I don't want you to find out later from somebody else like Giselle and then yeah. blame me for it. So Ashley got ahead of it. But Ashley also does this where she will stir the pot in one place, but then in another place she'll just soothe it over. So when that is brought up, she'll say, yeah, I brought it up, but I wasn't stirring the pot. 
I made it up with you. So she'll only go up to the line and then back off. Giselle, on the other hand, jumps over, knocks over everything. She's like a bull in a china shop. Yeah, I think, (laughs) you know, it's the way Robin says it before. It's the delivery, Giselle, Mm -hmm. is never good. Like Ashley is one of the best housewives on Bravo because she knows exactly how to play the game. Mm -hmm. She does Mm -hmm. something where she charms people where we kind of forget that she's a shitty person because she does these things where like I do believe that Ashley was like okay she talks to Robin on camera about this weird DM because she's like let's try to make a thing out of it and Robin's like he's at work who cares and so Ashley's like I don't want to get in trouble for this later because I've already fed the bait to Robin and to Giselle so let me go make it right with Candace so then when Giselle and Robin bring it up later and say oh Ashley told us Ashley's gonna be like it's not on me I already cleared it up with Candace Cause it's, just, uh, because Robin tells her that that's his work. That's where he works. And he works late. That's where he texts from. And Ashley, when uh, when Candace tells her the same thing, Ashley pretends that that was the first time she's hearing it. Oh, I didn't know that he works at the W. Yes. Yeah. Correct. I think mm-hmm. I, I understood what Ashley was trying to say. She was like, oh, I don't want it to be where you're on your husband's phone one day and you see him DMing me and mm-hmm. I never told you anything, yeah. right? So I get what she's doing. She's doing like a little CYA, which mm-hmm. Mia doesn't know what that means. Yeah. But she's trying to cover her ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just very proud of them having a very grown-up conversation because I do think that Ashley and Candace together it could be a little mini like – Giselle and Robin if they mm-hmm. really tried a little bit yeah. harder, you yeah. know? They would. Yeah. They would. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have this uh, TikTok dance party. Yeah. Do you think Karen is not coming because she doesn't want to dance or do you think she's avoiding Charisse? Or do you think she has a fever? I think um, she has Charisse 19 and that does <laughs> cause, you know, a cough, sore throat, fever, <laughs> and she didn't want to be there. And she's not vaccinated. She's not vaccinated at all. So, you know, um, and, you know, it's the Surrey County rules. She has to follow them. So <laughs> that's exactly right. She cannot right. be there. But also, she's not going to be dancing that. She's not going to do that. No. She's, she's like, not. she also is letting Sharice come there and be the biggest fool there. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly she's like sure it's you go and be the older woman with all the young ones trying to do this yeah there can <laughs> i don't be... want to be the butt of the joke you can be the butt of the joke that's right she's like there can only be one grand dom in yes. one space <laughs> so when giselle gets there i mean I I think this was interesting when Giselle starts grilling Ashley about the divorce and stuff mm-hmm. and Charisse is asking Ashley all these questions about divorce. I think it's interesting because Giselle is almost trying to be like, I'm not a hypocrite because I gave Mia such a hard time about not being clear about what's going on mm-hmm. that I'm going to also give Ashley a hard time about not being right. clear about what's going right. on. Right. It's like these women are really, they're like, I almost feel like they're taking notes on the shit that they're saying to each other. They're so, it's crafted so well. Yeah. So well crafted. I love the, the editing. I love the cherry blossoms. I love the, how the cherry blossoms slowly start fading. They fall down. Somebody tramples over them. It's like, and then the very end of it with all the cherry blossom just shriveling up. 
That was just perfection. That's perfection. Now they're going to go into summer and they're going to go in all mad at each other. All that beautiful feelings they had under the cherry blossoms gone. That's what it is. Yes, exactly. I loved it. I loved, I loved it. it. Now, at the end of this little dance party, Candace and Giselle talk and I want to know all of your thoughts about how this conversation went and uh, and Candace breaking the fourth wall. I think every word, I was so happy to hear what Candace said. I agree with every single word of what Candace said. She was like, you, she called the producer and she's like, what is going on? This is a second housewife coming to me and telling me my husband is making them uncomfortable, but he literally hasn't done anything other than talk to them. Yeah. He literally hasn't done anything. So what is this in his, it, it, because when she pushes back at Giselle, Giselle doubles down and she said 100% he made me feel uncomfortable. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that immediately, until then, I think Candace is like, okay, whatever, Giselle, whatever, whatever. But when she says he absolutely 100% made me feel uncomfortable, that's when she something clicks in her brain and she's like, this is producer shit. And I'm not going to let my husband be used as a pawn for their storyline. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad she goes and says that if you really want to talk about somebody being problematic, it's Michael Darby. And you, the, the show and Bravo tolerated him for so many years. Yeah. They paid that man to be on TV. Chris Mm -hmm. has done nothing except support Candace and take abuse. He's been called. He's been, put through the ringer for not having a job. He's been, he, first of all, Candace herself abuses him a lot, (laughs) but, but he's also been abused by everybody else on the show because they have made fun of Chris for so many things. And he's been very generous and very, um, he's just taken, he's just been a good sport all this while. Yeah. So I agree with everything Candace did. And I'm so glad Candace said what she said and she she brought up Michael Darby in that because that is yeah. that was exactly what I felt like how how are they going after Chris when we had a bigger predator on we had an actual predator on TV and we are still supposed to be nice about it yeah for six seasons we had a yeah. predator on this show for six seasons and i think candace is the kind of person that's probably put in the corner of being like okay obviously what giselle's trying to say when she says he 100 percent made me uncomfortable and giselle says something like you know i get that what chris was trying to do but you have to you can't sit here and tell me that my feelings aren't aren't like real yeah. right yeah. that puts candace in a position where she's like okay are you trying to make me look like a the woman who doesn't believe other women yes. you know why are you trying to make this a situation where now candace needs to right. what protect her friends from her predator husband right. Right. because then she's sitting here saying that her husband is a president predator mm-hmm. like it's all just so fucked up because yes michael darby touched people when they did not want to be touched on camera and off camera. And we saw Giselle key keying with him for the mm-hmm. last two seasons. Right. So you can't sit around here and tell me that, oh, suddenly you're very uncomfortable. And I don't want to say that again. Let me correct that. It's possible that, yes, Giselle did get uncomfortable when that guy was there, when nobody was there, mm-hmm. whatever. But for her to be like, oh, he knew that, um, you know, my yeah, uh, makeup, my glam, cow. Yeah. Uh-huh. wasn't there and he followed me into the room anyway 
And like Candace very politely listens to be like, yeah, I think it's totally fine for you to not want to be in a room with somebody yeah. else because you were yeah. cheated on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when she starts going in on it made me uncomfortable, I think it's also like, well, Giselle, what do you want Candace to do? Right. Leave her husband? Yeah. For being drunk and keep, keeping on talking to you? Yeah. Like, yeah. What? And like – What can she do? What is she? What is she and supposed why to do? Bring it up on camera, and I think Candace is very sensitive to that, to the fact that she's being put into a situation where she has to um, choose sides, and it's almost like it becomes an issue where, if if it's a Me Too kind of issue, then she has to take, she has to go against um, Giselle, and like you said, not believe her, and that is going to become an issue for her. And she's like, no, he did nothing. He kept talking. He might have been annoying. I just love that but she was like. tolerated a lot of other men do worse. Yeah. And I think it's like you guys can sit around here and say all kinds of stuff about how Candace is to her mom, how mo- her mom is to Candace, Candace's money, Candace's husband. He's a deadbeat. He's this and he's that. But now you're going to sit around and say a guy who's been nothing but kind to you. Mm-hmm. Nothing but nice to you, who we've you have been on camera with again, buddying up with, eating your, all his food, eating his food. I mean, listen. I mean, no. Well, you know that is. They had the kind of friendly, yeah, banter every time he would cook and say, "Giselle, I made this for you." Yeah, but it's That's... not like, and then her even being like, "Oh, he slides into my DMs too, and it makes me uncomfortable." She's like, "You know, it's fine. We communicate, but sometimes it makes me uncomfortable." Mm-hmm. Okay, then don't let him message you. Yeah. It's not that serious. And sliding into a DM is very different from responding to somebody's Instagram stories. Right. Robin is absolutely right. Yeah. It is so different. And saying we do that all the time. We see someone, one of our friends' uh, Instagram story, and we want to sh- say something, but we don't want to put it on the public space. Where you send a DM and you say something privately. Yeah. It's that's how social media works. It's not that serious. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just I loved uh, I loved the way Candace got up and like purposely walked around the cameras, mm-hmm. went to get her bag, and she said, kept her cool. She her cool. she almost lost it. I could hear the the shakiness in her voice, but she then recovered, and she gave a nice um nice um you know dressing down to the producer because that should not have happened. I wonder yeah. how they're gonna, how that's gonna play out. I hope that this just dies out, and then something else happens and they move on. Did they, did you? Was there any preview of next week's? I didn't see any, so I don't. I know. didn't either. It ended on another to be continued. Yeah, so I wonder how that goes. Yeah. Mm. Um, do you want to talk about married to medicine now? Sure. Okay. You have this seventeen is... minutes to hear me talk. Yes. Do you? Uh, this is the finale, right, of the season? Was it? I don't oh. know. I'll be honest yeah, with you. I because don't... it was reunion next. They showed yeah. us next week reunion. Yeah. But I... each of them comes like they're dressed for Halloween. Every time. Like literally every time. Every time. How do they how do they just take these beautiful women and make them ugly for reunion? <laughs> the clothing choices are so clothing, bad every time. The eye makeup, the all the this... bedazzled stuff on their faces. This re this final relationship resuscitation retreat, <laughs> Jackie, <laughs> shut up. 
they have this like sex therapist come and while she said and did all this stuff, I do think one thing is really interesting. I actually think that Jackie and her husband might be in an open relationship. I think they're swingers. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got that energy from them. Right. Right. There's something about Jackie being so closed up. Down pineapple somewhere in their house. A hundred percent. There are upside down (laughs) pineapples in that house. Okay. (laughs) Are you impressed that I know that? I am impressed. (laughs) I could tell from your face. You were like, oh, she knows this. Um, but they went from like <laughs> twosome, threesome, foursome to um, you know, it was like um ch- to church. They went. It was the most bizarre. <laughs> like first day you play games, second day you you talk about sex, and third day you pray to God. <laughs> Honestly, that's great. Um, also another thing I want to note about why I think Jackie and Curtis are in a um open relationship is because. Uh, at the end, like afterwards, when all the guys are like huddled up outside smoking cigars or whatever, they all they're all like, "Yeah, but like this is not my thing. Like I'm mm-hmm. not into it." Mm-hmm. And he keeps being like, Curtis keeps being like, "Well, you know, it's just to show that this is an option for some people. It's mm-hmm. just he keeps defending it more so than Jackie. Like Jackie's like, "All right, fine, whatever. It's not for you. We can move on." But yeah. the way that Curtis keeps like kind of defending it, I'm like, uh-huh. "Oh, okay, yeah, uh-huh. you guys are." You guys are definitely. I so you have if you watch from season one to now, every season, and I'm like Daddy Damon. I'm like again with the sex. So every season, Jackie turns the knob just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Just talk about uh, different things about sex all the time. She keeps doing that, and I think it's her way of subliminally getting the group to, um be okay with it when they do finally come out and say that they're swingers. Yeah, I think that even when they they found out that he cheated on her, mm-hmm. I think that she knew. I think so too. I think she just, I think she was upset that he didn't tell her. No, I think that she was upset that it came out because ah. the way that it did. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that's what that's what it was. Um, one thought about the cock ring because they get it in their little like special sex box yeah. is I have a friend who is an ER nurse and she mm-hmm. has also told me that she has had to have a fireman, like an entire fireman team come to cut off cock rings before. <gasps> wouldn't you think that if this was a frequent enough thing that happens in ER, wouldn't they have like specifically have tools for that why would they every time call the fireman that's what i think i think er should have some tools like pliers and cutters for the this particular purpose and er doctors should be trained in this i just think i'm thinking of it as a public waste of money like why would you do this every time (laughs) i mean listen obviously you see a lot of it just learn how to cut through it yeah either that or like let's just discontinue them yeah. yeah, or like, let's if, make. If there are a safety hazard, wouldn't it be discontinued? And why doesn't it have like a latch? Like, why isn't there like a button, like a release button that opens it like up? Like a safety button, safety yes. release. Yes. Like, if things go really, really bad, you know, this is your parachute. Just yeah. press this button and yeah, like a little, latch. you know, those like tiny reset buttons at the bottom of electronics. 
like a, you know how they have those little holes in uh in locks to put a little safety pin in and it yes. will just it's a spring action and it'll just pop up yes like in handcuffs yes even handcuffs have a way uh, there's a safety Yes. I just don't understand why these cockring manufacturers... Maybe we should make them. I think this should be a complaint to FDA. We should. I think, I think you and I are sitting on a gold mine. You think so? That we should I design that, a cockring or design I an think, escape route for the I think that we both, por que no lo dos, like why not both? <laughs> okay. My parents would be so proud of me right now. <laughs> They'd be like, why would a chicken need a ring? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, this episode, it was Heavenly versus everybody and then Toya versus Quad. I'm sick and tired of Heavenly. Can I just say that? Yeah. I know Heavenly is funny and I used to love Heavenly and I thought she was crazy and I just loved everything she did. I laughed and laughed and laughed. I am tired of her being completely different in front of Damon and Damon letting that pass. Many of these fights that have started, especially this season, every one of them, it was Heavenly who caused it. And Heavenly then gets out and pretends that she was never the cause. It's them and they are not good and they're not doing, and she has done the season after season after season and I'm kind of tired of it. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. Every single fight turns into like, you're a dumbass, you're a dumb bitch, blah, blah, blah. And then she never takes any accountability. She keeps saying, even towards the end of this episode, she was like, "Uh, I let that, I let Contessa into my life and I did all this. And now to have her backstab me, I'm like, what did Contessa do? You are the one that was stabbing. You have the knife in your hand as you speak. You're waving the fork and the knife in your hand as you speak. I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. But what did you think about this Toya versus Quad fight? Because I feel like because Heavenly and Contessa are so messy, the Toya, Quad, Anila thing kind of got like confused in a way where mm-hmm. I was like, this is a very clear thread that is apparently not that clear anymore. Yeah. I don't understand. So Toya sort of knows and suspects that it's, more than Anila, she, Anila is getting encouragement and support from uh, from Quad. I yeah. don't quite remember, and you have to remind me. But I don't, I don't know what did Quad, what did Toya do that was that terrible to Quad. And I'm thinking that maybe Eugene and Toya continued the relationship with what was her husband's name? Greg, Greg, Gregory, and yes. I think that. Friendship and that closeness is what bothers, um, um, bothers um, Quad. And Quad is not; they don't say that and they don't bring it up. But I think that is the basis of their, of their fight. That Toya is uh, Toya and Eugene are still friendly with um, Gregory. Well, I I would believe that if that wasn't because I think Simone and and um, Cecil are really good friends with Gregory. Mm. So they're also friends, but she's friends with Simone and Cecil. I think that there's another component to it, which is that Quad often feels like she gets a – I think it's like that Candace feeling also sometimes, uh-huh. like where she feels like she's like the brunt of everybody's problems. And like she's – she had this like – she had this – she's very open. She, I think mm-hmm. Quad thinks she's very open and vulnerable and she went through divorce and all this stuff, but they make fun of her for it, whereas mm-hmm. Toya – 
it's not like her life is perfect. Perfect. She's currently definitely hiding a bunch of financial issues. She's not talking mm-hmm. about it on camera. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a little bit of that too between the two of them. And I think also Toya is friends with Mariah. That is true. And I think Quad and Toya come from a similar background and you know, they are not doctors, first of all. The yes. other women are all doctors. Yes. These were the wives of the doctors. They, Quad, Mariah, and, uh, and Toya were the wives of the doctors in the yes. original. So they come from a different place. And I think Quad um, Quad um, feels, it's, it's a weird thing where Quad feels that she has to prove that she's better than um, Toya. Yeah, And she made, so she's independent. She made her own money. So don't compare me and make me, don't think of me as the same as Toya. She has made herself so different. Because when they first came on, they were both similarly situated. Yeah. Quad wasn't as sophisticated. She didn't even look um, as good as she does right now. She was, her life revolved around Gregory. And both of them had like quips that all the audience liked. So they were on par and Toya was the one showing off her belt. And yeah. Toya was the superior one. And then Quad came up. And so now Quad does Quad wants to prove and wants acknowledgement that she did all of this herself and she wants Toya to look up to her. But Toya doesn't Toya is too in girl she's too involved in herself. She's she has so many issues. And so many wants and needs that she's really just thinking about herself. She's not thinking of so much about Quad as much as Quad thinks she is. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. But like one thing that about Quad that I love is that um, Quad goes on a rant. Yeah, that was beautiful. I want to see a special after this episode, all, all the episodes air. After the reunion, I want, uh, you know, what do they say? Hidden scenes or yeah, yeah, unaired yeah. scenes? Yeah. I want a special of just that 17-minute or 20-minute quad. It was an hour. It was an hour? Oh, that's a full episode. I just want to see it. All of it. The whole thing. No editing. So many things I are referenced. Frank Sinatra, number one. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She did it her way. Do you think that Quad slept with her contractor? Yeah. Okay. I think she did a Marge. Okay. But do you think that that's how she paid for her $150,000 renovations? No. She still paid for it. Yeah. But I I don't think that she did that too because she didn't want to pay for it. I think she did that because she wanted to sleep with him. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think that Quad did sleep with her contractor, but I don't mm-hmm. think that she slept with him because she couldn't pay for it. I think mm-hmm. that's that part actually really does bother me that they keep being like, oh, well, I think how did she pay for it? I think that's what bothers Quad too. Yeah. It's not the sleeping with the married contractor. That's not what is bothering her. The, that's what she keeps saying in the rant too, that I did it myself. I built this. I paid for it. I paid 150000 I did that. You know, she's like, she truly wants these women to acknowledge that she came from nothing and she built all of it and that whatever she owns, it's all hers. Yeah. But what she un- doesn't understand is that Toya will never acknowledge that because Toya doesn't, is, is Toya's income is dependent on Eugene. Yeah. Exactly. So she's never going to acknowledge what Quad did. It's the mm-hmm. classic, um, you know, mom who works and mom who stays home. Yes, that's kind right. Of, it's 
Yeah, it's the housewife okay. versus the working wife. Yeah. So how did this episode end after the prayers? The prayers were Anila and Kieran were like super uber uncomfortable. <laughs> they didn't know what to do. I don't know it's why. Like, have they you were watched a like movie? That. What's wrong with you? Like, right? It was just so weird the way they were asking questions. And I was like, okay, sheltered people. Like, yeah, he's what? like, what can I expect in a church ceremony? Like, what? What? Just sit there, stupid. Yeah. Have you, like. Oh, my God. It's, they're idiots. Um, they're idiots. Idiots, idiots, idiots. I hate them so much. I don't want them. They, you the know, at the anymore. at BravoCon, at the Married mm-hmm. to Medicine panel, Anila had the audacity to say, I'm sorry if the viewers thought that I said that Toya went and physically stole my stuff. That's not what I was saying. And Toya went off and she was like, do you guys hear that? Do you hear that? She's blaming you guys for what she mm. said. Mm-hmm. I I love – so I, I think Toya might be – I have to change from my problematic favorite. Mm-hmm. I'm going away from Bethany to Toya. She's my oh, problematic favorite. Yeah, please. Bethany is we, – yeah, we got to update that. It should no. never be. You know, Bethany no. is sending no. cease and desist to people on TikTok, for God's sake. Yeah. No. No. I Toya is my problematic favorite. I think Toya means well. I think Toya is smart. I think Toya's um, – quads – if quads a kryptonite is somebody telling her that um, it's she didn't earn the money that she earned or she's not – Toya's kryptonite is if somebody calls her dumb. Yeah. Which I think for common sense things, for everyday things, she is. But in terms of um, human interactions and relationships, I think um, I think Quad's, um, sorry, um, Toya's EQ is way higher than a lot yeah. of different people. She was so calm throughout this whole thing, this whole trip. She was mostly calm. I yeah. thought she would go off on so many different times, but she did not. She was pretty calm about it. She was pretty chill. Yeah. She was great. I, I'm like loving Toya right now. I'm like, yeah. go Toya. Go Toya. Exactly. Go Toya and Eugene. I, even if you have money, if you have debt and all that, just the fact that Toya and Eugene put in all that work during COVID, my heart was like, I have so much love for them. They yeah. can go, they can do no wrong. Um, you know, I don't have money. Otherwise, if I won, um, you know, a lottery ticket or something, maybe I would send something to them. <laughs> maybe I would send her a handbag or something <laughs> to help them out with their financial troubles. Okay. That's, that's how ve- much I like ve- them. That's very generous of you. You're like, you yeah. know what? If you guys put up a GoFundMe, I will GoFundMe. maybe. I will I will give you a dollar. I sure. will give <laughs> I don't give a dollar to anybody. Okay. Well, now you're telling on yourself. No, I don't give it to anybody and anything. I have to give it to things that matter. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for That's clarifying. What I, mean. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. you're stingy. What are you, Bethany? <laughs> um, anyway, thank you for being here. You're welcome. I had so much fun. No, as always. Are you going to come back next week to talk about Potomac? I or are you going to be celebrating I... Diwali? Wait. Is it Diwali? So that would be Monday. No. Yeah, it will be right after Diwali. I should be okay. All right. Diwali is on the Saturday. So it should be good. Great. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's usually the whole week, but whatever. You'll make time for us to talk about these ladies. Great. I'm going to make time to watch the show. So I might as well make time for another hour. Great. Thank you. (laughs) 
You're welcome. Um, well, everybody else, it's I will like a family karma coming right after Diwali. Yes, fam. Oh yeah, we should just briefly talk about it. So, family karma, married to medicine ends. I think they're getting two parts of the reunion, mm-hmm. and then family karma comes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's going to be there's like three weddings in it. Yeah, right. Three there's weddings. No, Potomac. Weddings. Yeah, there, no. There's going to be four weddings. Four weddings. So there's Sean's wedding. Sean's wedding. Dil, uh, Amrit's wedding. Amrit's wedding. Richa and Vishal. Vishal and then Anisha. Anisha's wedding. Was was that filmed? Anisha's wedding. I, yeah, I, I think know. so. Okay. Yeah, very. So all married. Stuff. All the babies. They're all married now. See how quickly yeah. that happened. Once you were on TV, some <laughs> grandmother somewhere. One of the aunties is like super happy. She's like, I told you this will work. <laughs> they would all get married. <laughs> exactly. So that's super exciting. After Married to Medicine, our first week, the first episode of the week will be Potomac and Fam- Family Karma, which is amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I can't I wait. To, I hope to come every week for that. For sure. Yes, I hope so too. Well, everybody else, thank you for listening. Arthi, thank you for being here. And I will talk to everyone next time. Bye.